Welcome to Alive Experience, the online teaching ministry of Pastor Pascal Ngui. Pastor Pascal is the senior pastor of Alive Bible Church, a vibrant and growing church with branches across South Africa. Pastor Pascal teaches the Word of God with accuracy and power, always leaving his audience empowered, challenged, and ready for change. As you listen, get ready to be blessed by the Holy Spirit. Now, Let's join the message already in progress. Well, we want to close our series on You Can Rise this morning. So we're doing You Can Rise Part 4 this morning by the grace of the Lord. And I believe that... I believe, I believe that you're going to rise even higher. Hallelujah. I believe that something is happening to you. Something is happening to you. Please, learn to engage the Word of God. It's one thing to hear the word. It's one thing to be excited about the word. It's an entire different thing to practice what you hear. And that is where the rubber hits the road, is that many people are excited about the word, just like the, 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 the seed that fell by the rocky places. It grew so fast, but it didn't have roots. When, when the sun rose, the scorching heat, it dried up and died. Excitement is good, but excitement can never replace commitment. Never allow yourself to be so excited that you're no more committed. Commit to growing. And the reason why I take my time to teach is because I want you to know that the chances of you rising are many. But until you start doing what you are hearing, it will remain a beautiful music. Please, I'm begging you in the name of God, go back to all the teachings that you've been listening to or hearing and tell yourself, I need to do what I'm hearing. I've taught you to wake up at night to pray. Are you doing it? Or you are still tired? We are all tired, you know. But until we start waking up at night to pray, a lot of things will not happen during the day. I've taught you that. And I know you're excited by that revelation. But you see, Jesus told the disciples, if you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. I've given you steps for deliverance. Have you taken them? Have you called your shepherd to pray for you? Have you, have you called somebody in your area to say, you know what, I'm struggling with this issue. I need prayer. Have you done that? You see? And the whole month is about to finish. And this is how Satan has just kept us bound. A lot of us, we just get excited for that moment, and after that we forget. You see, the Bible says that after the word is preached, Satan comes and steals it. So people even forget. That's why we encourage you to go back in the podcast and to listen again, because sometimes before the end of Sunday, the message has been stolen about 50% already. By Monday, 70% of the message is stolen. By Tuesday, 80% to 90% of the message is stolen. So by the time you reach Friday, the message of last Sunday has been properly stolen from you. I hope you understand that when something is stolen, it doesn't stay. If Satan can steal the word, it means that word is no more there. The only thing that is there is the memory that I was at church and pastor preached about this, but the actual seed has been stolen. And with that seed, there's no harvest. That's why some people in the church today, the Bible calls them people that are forever learning. 
forever learning and never coming to the knowledge of truth. In other words, they never manifest the reality of the things they have learned. You need to know that it takes a lot of stamina and effort before you can see the manifestation of the word. Ask Mary how many months she had to carry the word in her. And ask Mary if it was easy to release that word. They couldn't even find a place in the hospital. They even tried a hotel. There was no place for them. But this word needed to come out. She had to find a manger and go there. The difficulties that Mary went through, even after the word came, she had to run to Egypt to hide. It all shows you how Satan fights the seed. Because God told Eve, your seed shall crush the head of the snake. Your seed. So Satan is crushed by a seed. And that seed is Jesus, the word. So whenever a seed enters your heart, you have to know that seed has the capacity to crush something that Satan is doing in your life. But for that seed to do that work, that seed has to be given enough environment to grow and develop. When the seed is at the seed form, it's vulnerable. That's why Jesus was taken in Egypt to hide, because if he had remained in, in, in Israel, Herod was going to kill him. The same way Herod represents Satan trying to steal the seed of the word that gets planted in your heart every Sunday. If you don't guard it and protect it, it will never grow and mature enough to become the Jesus that would crush the head of the snake. Maybe in the area of your finances, maybe in the area of your relationships, maybe in the area of your health. This is so important. It's so important for you to know that once you've received the word, you need to fight to protect the word so you don't lose it. And there is no better way to protect the word than by doing what the word says. Take time during the week. Some of you watching me, you don't even have a current job. But even the simple job of taking the scriptures pastor read during the week, to go back through them yourself, you are not doing it. You are just waiting for the next Sunday again. So for you, this has become a show. There will be song, and then there will be this, and then pastor will come and do the offering, then he will come and preach another me. And you know, he, you know this guy, he preaches nice stuff. I like listening. You know, he does, he's always preaching nice things, you know. I like listening to his stuff. But are they changing you? Is something happening to you? Let me tell you something. Nothing will happen until you do something about it. It's just as plain as that. So I want, this is just a charge, an encouragement, an admonition to you to say to you, don't just be a hearer of the word and so deceive yourself. Be ye a doer of the word. The Bible says, be doers of the word, not hearers only. Be doers of the word. Say with me, I am a doer of the word. Hallelujah. It's good to hear because faith comes by hearing. But once faith comes, faith must lead you to action. Because faith without action is dead. So your faith, you don't tell me that you have faith and I see the actions are not changing. The actions are not changing. You are rising in Jesus' name. Now we saw the struggle of rising, we saw the reality of spirits. It takes a spirit to rise. I promise you, 
And the number one job of the Holy Spirit is to help you rise. I, I don't know where my life will be today without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the agent that supervises your rising. The Holy Ghost is not in your life to only make you speak in tongues. Actually, those tongues are mysteries. He's speaking mysteries into existence. The Holy Ghost speaks through you to call, because he knows that until you speak, nothing will happen. So he speaks through you mysteries, but he has, he has other jobs, which I'm, go, I'm going to show you this morning, that with the help of the Holy Ghost, any dummy can rise. With the help of the Holy Ghost, any stupid person can rise. And the Holy Ghost has caused them, you know, people that in school, they didn't matter. In life, they didn't matter. But then they came in contact with the Holy Ghost. All of the sudden, people that went to school are studying them. I give you Peter, James, John, all these guys. The Bible says you see your calling. That in the time you were called, not many of you were wise. I hope you understand what that means. So if the guy was in class, he was hitting only like F, G, nowhere near A. But he came in contact with the Holy Spirit. And the wisdom of God turned his life around. Today, people that went to school are studying Peter. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Please understand that the greatest gift God ever gave you is the Holy Spirit. If you could start collaborating with the Holy Ghost, your life will rise like a dream of the night. You will see your life changing completely if you could just collaborate with the Holy Ghost. If you could collaborate with the Holy Ghost. If you could change your mind about the Holy Ghost to think that the Holy Ghost is just that you make you speak in tongues. Any idea that comes into my life comes from the Holy Spirit. Then we also saw the reality of relationships last Sunday. Let me tell you something. At some point in your life, you will realize that it is no more how good you are. It is no more which who you attended to. It is who knows you. It is who likes you. A time is going to come in your life where really, it is really who likes you now. There's nothing else. The Bible says, and there arose a certain king who did not know Joseph. And the next days of that, after that sentence, the whole life of the Israelite changed in Israel and in, in, in Egypt. Because somebody arose that did not know Joseph. Do you know that everything can change based on who knows or who doesn't know you? There are people that just knowing you, if they know you or if they knew you, you will not do where you are. It's a fact. May God give you grace to build strong relationships. Don't be a relationship waster. A person who meets people, doesn't take their number, doesn't check, don't, and he doesn't do any effort to maintain relationships. 
People is their birthday. You never call them for their birthday. Everybody must call you, but you don't call anybody. I mean, you don't check on people. Even when you go to people's uh, Facebook page, you don't like anything. You know, I mean, uh, these are stupid people. And everybody must like what you are. You see, you are very, very stupid. You are not stupid in Jesus' name. You are wise. Maintain your relationships. Be wise with the people God gives you. Because sometimes your blessing is hidden in them. Your blessing is hidden in them. You have to learn to read between the lines and to know and learn to treat everybody well and right. Don't judge the book by the cover, my friend. Many people have lost their breakthroughs like that. Don't say he's a child. Everybody thought that David was a child, and yet he was a giant killer. Don't say he is a child. Don't say he is too black. He might be black outside, but he might be very goldish inside. And, and you are just looking at one area. Spend time, build a relationship before you realize this is the person that can build your house. Or he knows the person that will help you come out of this problem. I want to challenge all of you. You, see, you should know somebody in the police. You should know somebody at ShopRite. You should know somebody at Spa. You should know somebody at the petrol station because there will be a day your petrol will finish. And you don't have money there to, to, and you need to know somebody that can quickly do something for you and you come and pay later. And many of us are grounded in life not because we cannot do anything, but because we don't know enough people. Every day, those people are greeting you at the petrol station. You don't take time to know their names or to build something. This is not the worship of men, but I'm telling you that God will bless you through men. And you need to learn to value relationships. You need to learn, you should know a mechanic somewhere. This your thing that you don't know any mechanic, you don't know any plumber, you don't know any electrician, you don't know anybody. You only know your surname. How many electricians do you know? How many plumbers do you know? How many taxi drivers? You know that if you know some taxi drivers, you will not be paying taxi every single day the way you are paying taxi like this. Because there are some days you have to borrow money to enter the taxi. But if you know some good taxi, it's just, hey, okay, 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 I'm here, I'm here, please come and take me. And easy. And you'll be fine. Receive grace to build powerful relationships in Jesus' name. May God help you. Amen? May God help you. And I want to tell you something because some of you are saying, yeah, Pastor, me, I, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. Everything by prayer. Nothing without prayer. Everything by prayer. Let me tell you one thing. Don't joke with this relationship I'm talking about. You see, Jesus told us in the book of Matthew 9, verse 29, and he said to them, this kind, can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Jesus didn't say every kind can come out by prayer and fasting. He says this kind. When Jesus said this kind, it means there are other kinds. And the other kinds do not respect your prayer and your fasting. I hope you understand that. So there is only a certain kind of demon that responds to prayer and fasting. 
Other demons who can pray and fast, they don't budge, they don't move. So when I are thinking every kind, but Jesus said this kind. There are other demons that until you learn how to treat people well, they will never go. There are other demons that until you learn how to handle money, they will be there. You can pray and they will even help you. They will give after the pastor, they will cook for you. But they are not moved by your prayer and fasting. I hope you understand that even in your house, do you understand? The other day I was somewhere and there were so many ants. I said, no, 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 no. This cannot continue. I went and I took salt. I said, this salt. I'm spreading the salt. And I don't know what I was thinking. I poured the salt to the end. The end started eating the salt. And I say, yeah, no, 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 no. this thing is not working. There is another thing that will make the ants run away. Not salt. And there are certain things, if you throw salt, they run away. They respond to salt. And there are, you see, the thing that responds to this might not respond to that. And that is how demons also are. There are different kinds of demons. You have principalities, you have forces, you have wicked spirits. They are different. So you cannot say that every demon will go by prayer and fasting. You are misled. You are very misled. That's why I'm giving you many keys. Because you need many keys to open different doors. They are all called doors, but they don't use the same key. Some of you are casting demons that God is saying become kind. Stop casting. Become kind. It's not casting, it's kindness you need now. Be kind to people and doors will open for free. Learn to smile. Some of you have been casting demons so much that your face has changed. You are always serious, always serious because of the intense casting of demons so you don't know how to smile again. There are certain doors that cannot open until you smile. This kind, never forget that, this kind goeth not except through prayer and fasting. Meaning the other kinds will go with other things. And one of them is learn to build good relationship. It will earn you favor. It will earn you good respect. The Bible says a good name is better than silver and gold. Learn to build, stop being this proud, arrogant person that doesn't greet anybody in the street, doesn't talk to anybody. When you are walking, you are just looking straight. So people have a bad attitude towards you as well. They say, you don't greet people. They will never tell you when there's an, when, when there's an, an, an opportunity. They will let you fall there. Be kind. The Bible says when we have love, people will see that we are disciples of Jesus. Some of the most proud people today are Christians. Very proud, very arrogant, very full of themselves. After they dress and they look nice, they see themselves in the mirror, hmm, and then they put their face in a certain way, and they start walking, they don't greet anybody. They enter the taxi, they don't greet anybody. Again, I'm beautiful, fearfully, wonderfully made. Who are you to talk to me? Mercy on me. Receive grace for kindness. Receive grace for goodness. Receive grace to value people. Value people. 
value people. Even the name in your house, you must value her. Because the Bible says that Naaman, a very powerful general, a very mighty man, he had leprosy. You know, you can be great and you have a little problem that doesn't want to go away. And the Bible says nobody could help him. But there was a little servant girl in the house. A servant girl. She says to him, you know, I know a man of God in my country. His name is Elisha. If you can go to him, he will heal you. That is how Naaman got healed. Through a servant girl, those, are, those beneath you, those under you, God can use them. I pray that your eyes will open today. And you will start valuing people around you. Don't be this person that keeps to herself. You keep to yourself. You are always alone. You understand? That, you know, look, life is designed in such a way that you must relate to advance. You must relate. You must learn to relate. You must learn to build networks and connect with people. You must learn to do that. You must learn how to talk. Some of you don't know how to talk. You can be in the presence of somebody that can help you, but you, you, you are quiet. You are not saying anything. And I say, hey, Lord, please speak to him. Speak what? You speak. You are not speaking. Can I tell you something? Great people only remember the people who spoke. When a great man enters a place, he will only remember the people who ask him questions. He will never remember those that are quiet. When all you are saying is your culture, me, I'm quiet, you know, we talk respectfully, we don't look at people. And you say, if it's your culture, and your culture is causing you to go down, reject that culture in the name of Jesus, because that culture is not helping you. It's not helping you. No, you know, we don't talk to elders. There is a time where you need to learn to talk to elders. Otherwise, you are, you're going to be there forever. You'll be there forever. You'll be there forever. You are, you are in, a, in a place, and people are, are taking advantage of you, and you don't know how to take your place. You are just allowing them to walk on you, do all these things on you, and you are just looking, Lord Tash, Lord Tash, Lord Tash. Yes, you must say Lord Tash, but you must also act. You must do something about the situation. Go and, go and ask for a meeting with the manager. Say, look, this and this and this is happening. I don't know whether you are aware, but this is going on. Praise the name of Jesus. Give the Lord a hand or praise somebody. If you understand what I'm talking about. So we spoke about the Spirit. We spoke about relationships. But I want to talk quickly this morning as I'm closing about a very important thing that you must do if you're going to rise. This morning I'm talking about the mental cost. To rise, you have to change how you think. You see, all these things I'm teaching you, you must know one thing. What we, what we are fighting, we are fighting gravity. Do you understand? When I say that you must rise, I'm trying to say that you must leave the ground and, and, and go up. Naturally, you are bound to the ground. That's why you are not flying. Do you understand that? Gravity exercises a certain force and pressure on you to keep you grounded. It's a blessing, but it's also a problem. Because now, if you want to go high, you can't, because gravity is pulling you down. The law of gravity says everything that goes up must come down. 
For gravity is pulling us to the floor. Nobody seems to rise because just the forces of gravity, gravitational forces, are against, against your rising. Now, for a rocket to break that, you can go and ask the astronaut the number of, the, 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 the cost of fuel involved, the power involved to break that gravity. And you want to rise just like that. You must go and see a, a, a rocket launch. See the pressure that is involved in rising. This thing you just want to wake up, oh, I believe I can fly. Oh, I believe I can touch the sky. Which, which sky? Which sky can you touch? Which one? The one above? No, no, no. I think they're on your ceiling. Even your ceiling, you can't easily touch. I hope you're aware that even your ceiling, you can't easily touch. Because I believe I can fly. The man who sang, I believe I can fly, he's been in jail for almost three years now. R. Kelly. Where is he flying? To go away. There is gravity putting you down. You know, do you know why gravity is working on us? Because of how God created us. Maybe you don't know. In the book of Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, the Bible says, And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. And he breathed unto his nostril the breath of life. And man became a living being. So for you to become a living being, God did two things. He used something from the ground and something from above. He took dust and he formed you. Then he breathed. That is from above. You see, that's why in you, there's a desire to go high. Because the breath of God is in you. And also in you, there's a force that is fighting you to stay down. If you will agree with me, you will know that most of the time, nobody has to fight you. You are your own enemy. That dust wants to return to the dust. When I say I want to fly, you say, when? Come now, come, pull down. Calm down. Let's take a smaller cassa beer light. Man. Just a small light, light one, light one. Just smaller, you know, just a little kiss it will not kill anybody. I mean, just a kiss can kill. Just calm down, calm down. I know you want to fly, but you know, kiss a little bit. Your flesh. The dust doesn't want to fly, want to sleep. You see, many times you say, Lord, I want to fly. The stomach says, ah, where? Please go and get me some food. I want to eat something. I want to eat now. Look at you. That flesh is fighting you. Many of you want to rise so badly. But your greatest enemy is no more the demons, it's not even more it's not, it's not people. It's with you yourself. As you are listening to me right now, you will agree that that laziness. I mean, if 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 Pastor, if I really can be honest, if I can really be honest, my laziness is the, the reason for my lack of rising. Not the devil. My slumber. I like sleeping. My gluten, I like eating. Pasta, nah, ooh, food. 
Injo, yo 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 yo. Angosis. Pastor, now you know me. Me, I just like TV, mommy. Please don't take away my TV, please. Me, I enjoy TV. When I listen, when I watch TV, I feel blessed. I feel blessed. I feel blessed. You say you will agree with me that on your own, you are a problem to yourself. It would be interesting for you to know that when Jesus says that whoever wants to become a disciple, he didn't say, if you want to be my disciple, fight the devil. Mm -hmm. He said, if you want to be my disciple, number one, deny yourself. The devil is not even in the picture yet. There's already a problem. He said, don't be deceived into thinking all your problems are from the devil. No. The day you eat that fruit, you unlock certain things in you. Even before the devil can come and tell, the devil just tempts you, but he, can, he cannot make you do anything. He doesn't have that power. If Satan had the power to make you do things, all of us could have become homosexual by now. He doesn't have that power. He can only tempt you there and there and there. Your flesh is your greatest enemy. So that's why gravity is pulling you down. The dust is calling the dust. You are breaking that gravitational force in the name of Jesus Christ. I see you breaking out of the horizon and entering your orbit. Being up there. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now we're talking quickly this morning about changing your mind, changing how you think. If you're going to rise, your mind is going to have to play a very important role. Praise God. Romans 12 verse 2 says, don't copy the behavior or customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. I like this version. It's the New Living Translation. Transform you into a new person. A new person. You are becoming a new person. 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 How many of you want to be new people? Like You don't like your current version. So even iPhone has been changing, new phones. You cannot keep the same phone. They upgrade it every single year. Sometimes twice a year they upgrade it. You think that iPhone is wiser than God? God created you the same way. He placed a system in you that can be upgraded. Your body might look the same, but there's a function in you called your mind. Your mind has the capacity to expand limitlessly. Your mind can be upgraded over and over and over and over again. And every time your mind upgrades itself, you rise higher. Every time you upgrade your mind, you rise a little bit higher. Your situation is not final. And thank God it does not depend on your circumstances. It depends on your mind. And thank God your mind can change. I say your mind can change. Your mind can change. And once your mind changes, your life changes. Let God transform you into a new person. By doing what? Not by praying for you. By changing the way you think. The way you think affects the way you live. And the way you think decides how far and how high you're going to rise. I hope you understand that all men are created equal. But all men don't think equal. We all have two hands, oh. Even the Chinese, the Japanese, everybody has two hands. We have the same blood. 
I can take my blood and give to a wise man, he will live. The only thing that is not the same, brothers and sisters, we all have the, okay, some of them, the hair is like this, the hair is like that. That is it's still hair. Hair is hair. Hair is hair. Please, get me, don't get me. Hair is hair. I hope you understand that hair is hair. So my doctors are trying to get this hair and that hair. Look, hair is hair. And you've noticed that you've been changing that hair, but your life hasn't changed. Because it is not the hair that must change. It is your mind that must change, not the hair. The mind must change. You know, the slave used to think, oh, I see how my master is dressed. I think if I can dress like him, I will be like him. It's a mistake. Dressing like your master will never make you your master. You will just be a slave that dress well. That's all. The thing that makes you a master is not the clothes, it's the mind. And that's the thing that the Holy Ghost, that is the thing God wants to change. Say, let me transform you. Do you know that once your mind changes, your whole life is transformed. Your whole life is transformed by your mind changing. Are you with me so far? This is going to bless you. Please, if somebody was supposed to be in that stream side, not a call him now, tell him, be online. This is going to bless you. Let me tell you something else. God is very concerned about what goes on in your mind. The Bible says in the book of Matthew, chapter 9, verse 44, Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you have such evil thoughts in your hearts? He asked them, why do you have such evil thoughts in your heart? The first line says, Jesus knew what they were thinking. Do you know that God knows what you are thinking? And he is concerned about what you are thinking. Because your thinking could be the reason why your life is thinking. I just said it all. Why do you have such thoughts in your heart? Ask your neighbor, why do you have such thoughts in your heart? And you know those thoughts, so please don't say them. You know them yourself. Very, very funny thoughts. Mercy on us. We are sitting in the church. We are saying hallelujah. Then the heart, the thoughts that are in the heart. The sister is coming on day to take the offering or to sing a song, and the brother is having some serious thoughts. Hey, why do Jesus is why, why do you have such thoughts? Why? You are missing the blessing. You are looking at something else. A brother comes on stage and he's trying to encourage the people to maybe serve God, and there's a sister there. <laughs> why do you have such thoughts in your heart? Jesus is, I tell your neighbor, Jesus is asking you the question, why do you have such thoughts? Why? Oh Lord, help us. Help us today, help us today. The type of thoughts that go on in our minds, as we are sitting there looking holy, 
as we are sitting there looking righteous, some of us have thoughts of fornication, thoughts of pride, thoughts of betrayal and disloyalty. As you are sitting there, you are planning your next move. Why do you have such thoughts in your heart? Somebody is trying to help you, but in your heart you are trying to double-cross them. Why do you have such thoughts in your heart? The Bible says Jesus knew what they were thinking. I thought Jesus was only concerned about what we are saying, but he knew what they were thinking. Some of us were always thinking, nobody likes me. I will never do well. Why do you have such thoughts in your heart? Thoughts of defeat, thoughts of failure, thoughts of rejection. Why do you have such thoughts? I will never get a job. Nobody will ever employ me. Nobody will ever marry me. Look, even my breasts are falling like papa. Everything is falling down. I don't have anything. Oh, I mean, my life is finished. Why? I never. Why? 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 Why do you have such thoughts in your heart? It's not me asking the question. Jesus is asking this question in the book of Matthew 9, verse 4. Why do you have such evil thoughts in your heart? Seven things you should know about your thoughts. Number one, until your thoughts change, you will keep repeating the same mistakes. I know many of us want to stop doing the things we are doing. A lot of us want to abandon those things. But let me tell you something today. Until your mind changes, you will keep repeating that same mistake. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 22, the Bible says, But it has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit. What can make a dog to, a dog to vomit something? Not that I'm rejecting this thing. And after a while, the very same dog goes back and eats the things he vomited. Because the mind of the dog hasn't changed. The dog vomited those things because he was under pressure. But deep down, he's still liking those things. So after a while, his own mind comes back and says, you know, it's still good, go. We break up with people that almost kill us. Before you realize, Hello, Warren. Uh, why are you thinking? Nah, you know, uh, I'm trying, trying, yeah, but you know, the reality, nah, you know, baby, you know, is that Kaurata uh, still, Wabo, Kaurata, Kaurata, Tata. The woman who almost killed you, the dog has returned to his vomit because until your mind changes, you will repeat the same mistakes. Until your mind changes about how to speak to your boss, every boss God gives you will disrespect them and they will fire you. And you will keep repeating that same mistake until you change your mind about how to talk to your boss. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Until your mind changes, nobody will marry you because you will continue making the same mistake in every dating process you are into. This is why our people are not rising. And you say, I have seen something among my people. 
But people use force more than they use their brain. That's why most job of labor, if you want to, if, if you go for a place and people are, they need people for labor, you know labor, but people are the, the number one suspect to, be, to, uh, to go and do that job. Because people know that these ones, they just use strength. They don't use brain. They don't think. They don't think. It's like we have switched our thoughts, we have switched our mind. We just use our strength. So is our strength. Unfortunately for us in this life, your mind controls your life. So since we have decided that we're not going to use our mind, we're going to use our strength, we have become slave forever. You are coming out of that thing. I say you are coming out of that thing in the name of Jesus. I see you beginning to use the mind God gave you. Use the mind God gave you. Number two, until something enters and stays in your mind, it cannot stay in your life. And this explains why things come and they go. They come and they go. They don't stay. Why? Because for them to stay, they have to first stay in your mind. Like your mind must accept them and your mind must be okay with them. If your mind hasn't accepted something, your life in experience will not accept it. It will not accept it. Third John chapter 1, verse 2, the Bible says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So it is to the degree in which your soul prospers that prosperity stays. If you have inherited prosperity, maybe from somebody, your family member, her relations, and you yourself, your mind is not prosperous, that prosperity will not stay with you. This explains this issue with people who win lottery. All of them become poor. In fact, many of them die. They, they just die. Like 14 million, 20 million. Somebody who was fighting to get 14 rent. Like his mind capacity is the highest it can go is 100 rent. Now he went and played lotto and got 14 million. He dies. It's, it's, it's automatic. Something has entered his hands that hasn't yet entered his head. Therefore, it can't stay. It can't stay. This explains why many daughters can't keep a relationship because it hasn't entered your heart or your head. The person is next to you just because you look like a woman, but inside, you are not yet proper. You are not a wife material. You look like a woman because you have the boobs, you have this, you have that. So people see you, they are, that's a woman, let me go. But are you a wife? Can people stay with you? Are you a wife material? So until that thing enters your mind, I'm a wife of somebody, therefore I need to act and behave as the wife of somebody. And that mentality starts sitting on you and you start behaving as a wife, you will never be one. You will never be one. Because all you are doing is taking care of yourself as a girlfriend. And then you are wondering why nobody wants to marry you. Because your mind hasn't accepted marriage. 
you still have a problem washing the clothes of your little brothers. How will you wash the clothes of your husband? I know a sister who told me one time, we're talking, she says to me, me, I don't do dishes. I don't do washing. I don't do ironing. And I certainly don't do bedding. In other words, I don't fix beds. My God. And many of you watching me, that's, you are not saying it. I mean, she had a little guts to say it. You are not saying it, but your actions are betraying you. Your actions are being, you are, you are, you are being like this. Everybody can see. This one, she's not a wife material. Yet every day you wear your sexy stuff and you're moving. You're moving. You're moving. You see? You are rising in the name of Jesus because your mind is changing in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Number three, no matter how high God elevates you, listen, no matter how high God elevates you, your life will always descend back to the actual state of your mind. Do you understand that statement? No matter how high God elevates you, or people elevate you, or life elevates you, your life will descend right back to the actual state of your mind. I have seen people that you gave them an iPhone. Within a month, they return back to Nokia. Because the mind is a Nokia mind. It cannot handle an iPhone 7, an iPhone 8, an iPhone 11. So you give them an iPhone 11 before you realize the screen is broken, before you realize the charger is lost, before you realize the phone itself is lost. But when they have their Nokia 3, eh, the rain can fall down, the snow can come, the Nokia 3 say, okay, nah, okay, nah, I'm here, I'm here for you, I'm supporting you. Your mind controls what stays. Until your mind changes, whatever comes that is higher than your mind, your mind will reject it. It will reject it. This is a very important thing I'm telling you. It explains why good things happen to you, but they don't stay. Because they don't find your mind ready to handle it. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So is he. It's as you think that you are. As you think, so you are. So if you're not thinking that way, guess what? You cannot be that way. You can. Even if we try to take you there, you will come right back to the way you are thinking. I know people that were taken from the village to the city for a better life. In the night, they ran away. Went right back to the village, following the dogs, bathing in the river, singing songs when they are fishing in the night. This is what I like. You see, until the city life enters your mind, you will keep going right back where your mind is. Right back where your mind is. So the question this morning is, where is your mind currently? Where is your mind? You are trying to change the rising of the sun. 
Meanwhile, your mind is in the setting thereof. You are chasing the rising of the sun, but the man is saying, I want to set down. I don't want to rise up. I want to settle down. There's a man in the Bible by the name of Mephibosheth, a descendant of Saul. The Bible says that when David became king, he remembered that he made a vow to Jonathan that I will be kind to your family. And David asked, is there anybody left in the house of Jonathan or the house of Saul that I can show kindness to? They say, yeah, there's one person called Mephibosheth. He's lame, he cannot walk. They said, he said, bring him. They went and fetched him from where he was. They brought him in the king's palace. They washed him. They cleaned him up. David says to him, Mephibosheth. He says, yes, my lord. He said, since you are a descendant of Jonathan, I made a vow to Jonathan that I will be kind to his descendants. From today, all the land that belonged to your father Saul, your great-grandfather Saul, I'm giving it back to you. The people that were saving your father, they are becoming your servants from today. All the gold and the silver that people took from your father, I'm returning it to you. And from today, you will sit at the king's table to eat with me. Wow. Wow. From the bush to the palace. The only problem with that thing is that the mind hasn't changed. So listen to the response of Mephibosheth to the king's promotion. He says, who am I that you will look at a dead dog like me? Brothers and sisters, humility is different from inferiority. Few chapters later, he lost everything. I said few chapters later, he lost all those things which he had described to you now. He lost them. And you know whom he lost them to? He lost them to his servant, Ziba. You are sitting in the king's table and you are seeing yourself, not just even as a dog, a dead dog. A dead dog. A dead dog. You are seeing yourself as a dead dog. The Israelites are now in the promised land. They can see that the land is good, just like God said the land would be good. But when they look at themselves, they see themselves as grasshoppers. And guess what? They couldn't enter that land. God said, I vow you'll never enter there. You will never enter there. There are some people, God has done, I vow you'll never get married. Because I have given you this opportunity when you look at yourself, this is how you are seeing yourself. I'm saying you are this, but you are saying you are this. I vow you will never work there. Now, please understand, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if God did it before, you should know he can do it again. You can know he can do it again. So you should know that God is interested in how you think. As a matter of fact, even Satan is very interested in your mind. Because that is where he starts his job when your life is concerned. Many people don't understand the devil. They think the devil is this guy with two horns, I mean, and this and tail. And listen, he's not those things. You want to understand the devil? Come to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. The Bible says, The God of this age has blinded the minds 
without a Satan's focus, the mind. You are busy chasing demons. It's okay. But don't chase demons and you forget to fix your mind. Because actually that is where he is working. The God of this age has blinded the minds. The minds. The minds. He is in the minds. He is in the minds. He is interested in your mind. Because as a man thinks, so is he. So once I have set your mind in a certain way, I can go and sleep. You will just play what I said you should do. You just do it. You know, I heard the story of a man who came to Africa, one of these funny people that left Europe came to Africa. He came here and he got himself some slaves to serve him. I'm telling you. I'm talking about big people. He's a short guy. Very short. And all these guys, they are carrying his suitcases and they are carrying him. They build something with wood. They carry him all over in the bush. They are singing songs. And he's sleeping. He's enjoying himself. I hear that one time he wanted to sleep. But he didn't want to sleep while they are carrying him. He wanted to lie down, rest on the floor. So he knew that if he just sleeps, maybe this is guys can just decide to run away while he's asleep. So when they put him down, he took his gun. He pointed at the tree. Oh, he shot the tree. Hey! They have never seen something like that. The tree blasted. He says to them, you see this thing? You see what it did to that tree? I'm going to put it here. And I'm going to sleep. If any of you makes one move, did you see what this thing did to that tree? Forget your family. You will become like that tree. They say the man slept for hours. When he woke up, people were sitting, sitting like this, sweating, because they couldn't even move their legs. Because they were feeling that if I even move one feet, the thing will blow me. So they were just standing like this for hours, sweating. This is how Satan has conditioned the minds of some people. Their minds have been conditioned. They are just there in the same place like this. They don't know that they can make a move. They don't know that Jesus has paid the price. They don't know that there is another way. They are stuck there like this. The God of this age has blinded the man. They don't know that they can defeat the devil. They don't know that Jesus has defeated Satan. They don't know that they can be happy. You find Christians, they're always sad. And, and when, they, they, when they become happy for two minutes, they feel, they feel bad. They feel bad that they were happy for two minutes. And they need to punish themselves by being unhappy for 10 hours. I know what I'm talking about. A life of torture. You are never free. Condemn day and night. The minds. You are receiving your freedom as I'm teaching this word. Because for you to rise, your mind must rise. Your mind must rise. That's why 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 to 5 says, the weapons of our warfare 
are not carnal. But they are mighty in God. For what? The pulling down of those strongholds Satan has built in your mind. Please understand, strongholds are not generational cases. It's fortified thoughts. Things that Satan has convinced you, it is like this. It can never be like this. I'm sorry to say that, but some of you, Satan has convinced you, you can never do better than a white person. You are convinced. So wherever you go, if you find a person of another color, you quickly adjust yourself and take your tail before your two legs and you relax. You know, he's... I'm sorry to use that example. I don't want to insert it, but I'm just saying that these are realities that are going on in our minds. Even when the word of God tells you you are this, Satan is telling you, hey, remember what I told you. You are not. Don't even try it. Some of you, Satan, are convinced you will be sick till you die. So the word of God says you can be healed, but the stronghold is saying no, other people can, but not you. That verse was not for you. That's the work of a stronghold. It's there to make sure the word of God never comes to pass in your mind. It's there to chase away every arrow that, you see, the word of God is a sword. And a stronghold is like something that is blocking the sword. When the sword comes to cut, it blocks. It blocks. It blocks. So the Bible says we must pull down those strongholds. We must cast down imaginations and arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought. You see, you, it's thoughts. Thoughts. Bringing every thought into captivity. Many of us, our thoughts have made us captives. But the Bible says you must bring thoughts into captivity. Ah, thank you, Jesus. I hope you are understanding what I'm saying to you. What are the strongholds that Satan has built in your mind? They are the reasons why your life is not rising. No matter how much oil gets poured on you, they can even pour an entire gallon on you. But that stronghold is holding your life. You see, it's a hold. It's strong. And it's holding you. It's holding you. Some of you, the stronghold says you are not beautiful. So much so that when somebody says you are beautiful, you get angry. You get offended because you feel they are insulting you. Mercy. Some of you, the stronghold told you you are timid. You can never speak in public. Public speaking is not for you. Yet there is a preacher inside of you wanting to rise. Yet there's an evangelist inside of you wanting to come out. Yet there's a motivational speaker inside of you wanting to help people. But every time you want to take that microphone, the stronghold rises and says, remember what I told you. This is not for you. Shut up. And you call back inside. You hear Pastor Pascal say, I can rise. You can rise. And you're even saying, I can rise. Yes, I can rise. But deep down your heart, the voice says in your mind, you know you can't. I'm sure you're aware that it's not for you he's preaching. Pastor Pascal doesn't even like you. How what makes you think that he's preaching for you?
strongholds. Strongholds. There are fortifications in our minds. And the Bible says this is the real war. This is the real war, my brother. I'm not making a lot of noise. The real war is to break those thoughts. Those voices that say you cannot do this. You can never be this. You can never be a pastor. Look at all your sins. Look at where you are coming from. Who will even believe in you? You know, Satan told me when I was told I was going to be, Satan told me by Sunday, the whole church will be empty. He told me when people hear that you, you are the pastor, by Sunday, the few people that were there will care enough for their souls and go and find other churches. It's been years. People have rather joined. People have rather become a part of it. People have rather been blessed by it. I came to tell you, don't believe the lies of the devil. He, he, the, Jesus told us who he is. He is the father of lies. When he lies, he is speaking his mother tongue. So the Bible says. So when you sit there and you start believing every lie of the devil, you are destroying your life. Can I ask you a question? Those things you are believing, can you put them in the Bible for me? Can you find a scripture to say, Pastor, I believe that I will never get married because of this verse? Can, can you show me the verse on which you are basing that belief? Because you must believe the word of God. So those things you've been believing, where are they coming from? Just like God asked Adam, who told you you are naked? Who told you you are stupid? Who told you you can never amount to anything? Who told you that thing? Somebody spoke to you. And it's not me. Because I'm asking you the question. Lastly, that's why your mind is also the target of the Holy Ghost. You see, every spirit wants to have influence. Satan wants to influence you, but he does that through your mind. And God also wants to influence you, and he does that through your mind. Brothers and sisters, the Holy Ghost is not there to just make you speak in tongues. I keep repeating that sentence to you. His number one job is to affect your thinking. Your thinking. There's a scripture that I never knew existed. I found it in the book of Job 32 verse 8. It says, but there is a spirit within people. The breath of the Almighty within them that makes them intelligent. There is a spirit between, in, in, within people the breath of the Almighty, and that spirit makes them intelligent. I didn't know that this is what the Holy Ghost came to do, to make me intelligent, to make me wise. And it explained Isaiah 11 verse 2, the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. And what is that? The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge. Look at all those qualifications. They are all dealing with your mind. Wisdom is your mind. Cancer is your mind. Knowledge is your mind. 
understanding. It's all of the, the Holy Ghost is coming with all these fortifications to work on your mind. Why? Because your mind is where Satan is working. The God of this age has blinded the minds. Are you with me? John 14, verse 26, the Bible says, He will teach you everything. And He will remind you. You see, the mind, He works here. He will remind you of everything I told you. So it means He's going to work in your mind. It's going to be in your mind because He's going to teach you. Can you teach your hands? Everything. And it's going to remind you. So there's going to be a work done in the mind. That's the job the Holy Ghost comes to do. Then I'm giving you my last scripture. Psalm 23 verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You, we all know that verse. Is God wicked to prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies? I mean, why will you do that? Who organizes a party and calls his enemies? What is God saying here? God is saying something. That you see, most of the breakthroughs that are going to come in your life will come in the midst of people who don't want you to have the breakthrough. Most of the things that God is preparing for you is despise the people that want you to go down. God is trying to help you to rise up. So many people hate me. Many people don't want me to do well. I'm surrounded with all kinds of enemies, both inside and outside. But in the midst of all of that, God is saying, you're still going to rise. I'm still going to do something with your life. I'm surrounded with enemies. But God is in the midst of my enemies preparing a table. Who does that? Who does that? God is saying, I will not prepare a table in the presence of your friends. In other words, if you are waiting for conditions to be right before you can see a breakthrough, you will wait for a very long time. God will always have to fight many enemies in and around you before you can rise. There must be a, a Goliath for there to be a David. There must be opposition. There must be somebody who is fighting you. There must be a problem with money. There must be a problem with rent. There must be a problem with job. There must be a problem with this. But in the midst of all of that, God says, I'm preparing a table before you in the presence of your enemies. I'm preparing a table. I'm telling somebody now, God is preparing a table. I know you are aware of the enemies, but I want you to become aware of the table. Become aware. All these enemies, there must be a table somewhere here. When you enter a job and everybody is hating you, please get the revelation. There must be a promotion here. There must be something here. There must be something here. When, when, when you enter a family to be either a bride or a groom, and the whole family is gnashing their teeth, there, there must be something in this family for me. And do you know how you overcome those enemies? The Bible says, you, the way you do it, the way he does it for you, you anoint my head. 
The Holy Spirit is the anointing. But look at where the Holy Ghost goes. Your head. He does not anoint your hands. He does not anoint your feet, even though he knows that you're going to go far. But the first thing God anoints in the midst of your enemies to make your table to shine, he anoints your head. That is where your mind is. So the Holy Ghost enters your mind and he starts working wisdom, knowledge, understanding, counsel, might, spirit of the Lord, revelation, revelation knowledge, truth, insight. He starts working those things on the inside of you, from your mind. And look at the result. My cup runs over. A cup is something I'm holding in my hand. How come you anoint my head? But my cup is running over. He doesn't say, and my head runs over with oil. My head has been anointed, but it is my cup that is overflowing. You know why? Because what happens in your head affects what happens in your hands. Once your mind changes, everything about your life has to rearrange itself. Once your mind has grown and developed, your hand will show it. Your hand will show results. Everybody stand on your feet and begin to pray for the Holy Ghost. Wherever you are, begin to ask God to anoint you with the Holy Spirit. I'm saying everybody, wherever you are, stand on your feet and begin to say, Lord, give me the Holy Spirit. Lord, give me the Holy Spirit. The yoke breaker. The yoke breaker. The enemy destroyer. The limitation remover. Brande zebre take a panas over the Are you sure you are praying? Are you sure you are praying? You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. What is the connection between my head and my hand? The mind, the mind, the mind. Shalom alega neba. Shalom alega neba. Ese prende kapazove. Masunte prekas de ganevalo. Japadevre zika shekapanda. Somebody is praying. Somebody is praying. Somebody is praying, Lord anoint me, Lord anoint me, afresh, afresh, afresh. Oh Jesus, oh Jesus, Father anoint my head in the midst of my enemies. I'm rising in the midst of your position. I'm rising in the midst of difficulties. I'm still rising in the midst of rejection. I am rising in the midst of fight and opposition. I'm still rising because the only thing that has to rise is my mind. Once my mind rises, everything will rise. Oh, Jesus. Oh Jesus, thank you for your word. Come on, begin to thank him for the word. Begin to thank him for the word. Thank him for speaking to you. If God has spoken to you, 
open your mouth and thank him. Jesus, thank you for showing me a better way. Thank you for showing me a better way. My life can change. My life can change. I can rise. I will rise. I am rising. Shepadova. Shepadova. Eshente penamande. Azuke panemalega. Eshente prekalobranda. Japende zikatova. In Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Praise the Lord. Quickly, as I close, how does the Holy Ghost teach you everything? Well, there is a way to do it. Don't just think that you'll be there and he'll be teaching. He teaches you when I'm preaching. So he will use preaching to teach you. That's why you need to get the messages on your phone. I keep repeating myself. How do you think he will teach you? He will teach when I'm teaching. While I'm teaching, he will say something that will change your life. So make sure you get the podcast. Make sure you get, I'm challenging all the shepherds, please, if you love those people, make sure everybody is on the podcast. You should never spend your whole week without listening to the word of God. It's a big mistake. It's a big mistake. You are killing yourself. Number two, get into reading. Teaching has to do with reading. You can't tell me you don't read. That's what I was telling you earlier. That's why people are saying, do you want to hide something from a black man? Put it in a book. He will never read it. Now God hid 60 things in 66 books called the Bible. When now you don't like reading. How are we going to do it? Receive grace to read. Another thing you should do, you should watch Videos, spiritual videos. Listen to tapes. Most importantly, follow somebody that God is using. Be behind somebody. Don't walk alone. This journey can, you can't, listen to me, you can never change if you don't have somebody who's challenging you to change. The Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens the countenance of another. Make sure there's somebody in your life that challenges you to grow. Many of us are relaxed because there's no challenge. There's nobody that is pushing you to become better. You are not following anybody greater than you. You are your own person. That's why your life is not changing. If all your friends are people under you, I pity your future. I pity your future. There must be people above you. I told you this last week. There must be people above you, people that are doing better than you. You are not intimidated by them. You are not competing against them. You are not jealous of them. You are learning from them. Who is above you that you are following? That is challenging you to pray more. That is challenging you to read more. When you hear him talk, he says, I was reading this book. Then it makes you think, which book have I been reading? This man said he was reading this book. He says he went to this conference. I have never been in a conference ever since I was born. Then something will change about my life. You will be the same person you are five years from now, except for the people you meet and for the books you read. If you don't meet new people and read new books, the same version of you now will be the same five years from now. And the results of that version of you now will be the same result of five years from now. So don't be surprised when there's no change because there hasn't been a change of mind. There hasn't been a change of mind. May God help us. Quickly this morning, you are saying, Pastor, this word has blessed me beyond measure. I want to come to God.
First step, the prodigal son. The Bible says he came back to his senses. When you come back to your senses, eh, the first thing you do is that you come back to God. When you start exercising your mind, when the Holy Ghost starts working on your mind, the first thing he does, he takes you back to your maker. When the prodigal son came back to his senses, he says, how many servants in my father's house have enough food to spend? Here am I dying with starvation. He says, I will return to my father. God is calling you right now. He says, come back home. Your first change is a change of mind about God. God is not against you. God is for you. Come back to God. Let him help you. I am limited as a person. Your mother is limited as a person. Your uncle, no matter how much he loves you, he's limited as a person. The only being that is limitless is Jehovah. Come to him today. I'm inviting you to start a relationship with the living God. Accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And let him help you. At the count of three, I want to pray with you. One, two, three. Please raise your hand wherever you are. Don't be ashamed. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. You can take your hands down. Now, if you're also watching, you've already given your life to Christ. Again, just like the prodigal son, you want to come back home. You want to recommit your life to Jesus. You're saying, Father, I want you to work on my mind. I want to come back to the house of God. I want to be planted again. Well, at the count of three, you can raise your right hand. One, two, three. Please raise it up. God bless you. All of you, raise, keep your hands up. God bless you. God bless you. You can take them down now. I want you to pray sincerely this prayer from your heart. And the Son of God will touch you forever. Please repeat after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. Forgive me my sins. Wash me with your blood. I believe you died for me. On the third day you rose again. That I might be justified. Right now, I believe my sins are forgiven. I'm justified by your blood. I'm saved. I'm restored. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I am free from the power of sin to serve the living God. Thank you, Jesus, for receiving me. Thank you, Jesus, for restoring me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. Please drop us a comment in the comment section to tell us how this message has helped you. Remember also to subscribe to receive notifications on our latest sermons. You can also watch Pastor Pascal live every Sunday morning from 10 a.m. on our church Facebook page, Alive Bible Church HQ. Or you can worship with us live in one of our branches in Sun City, Macharora, Padima, Mukwase, Lidach, Rustenburg, and beyond. Have a blessed day. And remember, we are alive to give life. Whether your presence.